Shaka. Look at that. Look at that camera blocking the thing here. What kind of ragtag operation is going on around here? Can you believe they even boost these videos as Facebook advertisements? Wow. Someone is losing their respectability, their dignity. Don't care anymore. We care about the glory. You gotta get so undignified that you don't care about anything except God the Father. You don't care what any brain thinks. You don't care what your family thinks. You don't care what anyone thinks. You don't care what people watching you think. You don't care what the angels watching you think. You don't care what your lovers think. You don't care what your haters think. You're going to have people on your side. You're going to have people against you in anything you do in life. You have to come to a place of holiness and peace with God where you only care what the Heavenly Father thinks, what Jesus Christ thinks, what the Holy Ghost, the river of life, thinks. The river of life is actually your intelligence that thinks. And you get so undone in your brain from all respectability, all dignity, all people-pleasing, all cares of this world, all cares of success and cares of promotion, cares of anything in the natural realm, and you get undone in the glory realm, all that stuff will be added unto you anyway, because you're going to set the whole world free. You'll go into full-blown revival. What holds us back is respectability. And then people get foolish, and that's, that's not freedom either. It really is a place of completely conquering your brain in the Father's glory. The Father of glory. By the wisdom and revelation and intimate knowledge of Him, Ephesians 1.17. It's all about building up your spirit with the Word and serving the Word with all your mind. Obeying the Word with all your mind. Your spirit built up with the Word and your mind fully yielded in full obedience to the Word. That's how the glory gets stronger and wraps your brain like the helmet of salvation. Ezekiel chapter 3, I have made your forehead like a diamond. You're going to have to have a diamond mind in Christ to stand up against all the haters, even all the lovers. You'll have people praising you and they'll try to be puffing you up in pride. You'll have people tearing you down. If they can't tear you down, they'll try to puff you up. And it's that you need God the Father through your brain in order to be successful in the Holy Spirit. Amen? You need the Word of God burning through your flesh in order to obey God the Father's plans for your life. You have to come to a complete end of serving the natural realm and everything in it. <laughs> Especially got young guys for girls and young girls for guys and getting over all the immorality of the flesh. That's a major one. That's half of overcoming the world is lust. The other half is pride. There's only two things you overcome, truly. Lust and pride. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's all that exists in the realm of flesh, bones, blood, and brains. The natural realm only has those three things in it. Clearly written in Scripture, that's all you have to overcome. It's so simple, but it's so sacrificial. It's so costly, and it's so much more real as you begin to actually overcome your own lust in your own pride and stop pointing it out in others with the plank in your own eye. And I tell you what, when you're drinking the new wine and you're drunk on the love of God, you'll wash it away and everyone around you anyway, effortlessly, every day. 
The issue is dealing with the hypocrisy in your own heart and in your own brain. Because we're not perfect. We're actually completely lost. The only one that's perfect is Christ. And honestly, we barely know Him. We say we know Him, but do we glow Him? You only know Him to the measure you glow Him. When I start seeing shining, shimmering, sparkling faces glowing like Stephen in Acts chapter 6, amen, before the Sanhedrin, and he had a, a face that was burning, a glowing face like an angel. That's somebody that's actually sacrificing their people-pleasing. There's some evidence there of intimacy when your face starts glowing in the Shekinah glory. Amen? When your eyes are burning and flashing with fire. Revelation chapter 1. Jesus Christ's eyes flash with fire. When the Word of God takes over and renews your mind, your eyes begin to flash with fire. That's the love of God. You only love others to the measure that your eyes flash with Shekinah fire, the glory of God. Because that's how much you've inwardly sacrificed to be possessed with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The eyes are the window to the soul. Amen? The eyes are the window to the soul and the spirit. The inner man is your soul and spirit. So you got your soul and your spirit, but you want your spirit built up so it's coming through your eyes, which means through your soul. Hallelujah. Jesus said the eyes are the window to the soul because he hadn't given them the spirit for their spirit to pierce through their soul. They're stuck as spirits inside their souls and their souls are inside their bodies. But when you begin, your, you begin to get your spirit built up with the word and the grace of the Lord Jesus and the river of life, you actually come out the eyes of your soul, the ears of your soul, your, this is your soul, your head is your soul, you come out the gates of your soul and you glorify your gates, and then you begin to wrap your body. It's a full explosion of coming out of the cave with your spirit life, fully filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in full spiritual stature, which is the wrapping of your soul and your body with your spirit in Christ. These are the angel-like sons of God that don't live inside their soul, that don't live inside their flesh. They have come out of the cave to wrap their flesh, to wrap their souls. How will you know? Well, you'll know because you'll be influencing everyone else's spirit and soul life around you. And we want to say the flesh has some kind of character and the flesh has some kind of personality. It doesn't. The soul has the personality and the spirit has the character. The character and the personality and the attributes that make a person a person and has emotions and has feelings has zero to do with the stardust of your natural body. It's actually the soul and the spirit through the brain and the blood. Amen. And as your spirit man grows, it completely transforms your brain. But the natural man, the flesh and blood, is just an inanimate object. It has no character of its own. It's just stardust. It's biological matter. It's like tree bark. It truly is. It's like tree bark. It's like dust. It's like dirt. Amen? Adam was created from the gold dust of the earth. He was created from the dust of the earth. And it was gold because it's a superconductor of his spirit life. Amen. And then God breathed into his nostrils, and that's what gave him a living soul. Genesis. God breathed into Adam's nostrils, and he became a living soul. And his soul was inside his spirit, and his spirit and his soul 
had a body that was inside the soul and the spirit. So the fall of Adam and Eve was the complete reverse of what they originally were created to be. Spirits, gigantic morning stars, inside their spirit was their soul, and inside their soul was their body. So we're completely depolarized. We're completely opposite of original design as human beings, as being born of woman, born of flesh and blood. Being born of woman and born of flesh and blood is the exact opposite of the original design of Adam and Eve in the garden. The exact opposite. So that's why you must be born again of God's Spirit and His waters. Amen? And when you're born of God's Spirit, then you go back into original design, but it takes a long time for your mind and your brain to catch up to what God's doing in your spirit because your brain can't see into that realm. That's why you have to walk by faith, not by sight. Your brain can't see what's going on. Sometimes we see glimpses into glory. We see visions. We have dreams. Give them dreams. Give them visions. We get prophetic words. We get accurate words all the time. I know we're hard on the false prophet because we hate Jezebel, amen? But we get accurate stuff every day. And we see what God's doing sometimes, dimly as though a reflection in a mirror. We don't see clearly until our spirit completely wraps our body and wraps our soul. Then we start to see what God was doing the whole time. And then you're no longer in blind faith. You're in the seven eyes because you've been fully slain through your brain with the Lamb in the midst of the throne. Revelation 5, 6, it is written. Who's been crucified with Christ? The crucifixion with Christ is you in the midst of the throne because that's where you're born again. When you're born again, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places instantly, translated out of darkness into His glorious light. It takes some people 10, 20, 30, I mean, even the mighty senior prophets that I honor and respect, like Bob Jones and Bobby Connor. I mean, it took, there was 5, 10, 15, 20 years of sanctification to really start being accurate. Sometimes 30, 40 years. Really? I mean, this is not an overnight microwave phenomena. The sanctification to get your brain caught up to what God did in your spirit often takes at least 10 to 20 to 30 years. <laughs> and you do have time because you can enjoy the sanctification process as well. It is thrilling because you're discovering more of God's goodness. The Word of Grace builds up your spirit and sanctifies your soul to fully be renewed to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in your spirit. And that's what builds you up above the snake line. What's the snake line? Any curses, the seven demons of the seven principalities under your feet. God said to me this afternoon, I'm raising up this company above the seven mountains, above the seven principalities. We are entering a season where we live above the realm of the dead where we're not going to be bothered anymore. We've been continuously harassed by the seven mountains and the seven demons of the seven principalities of the horror Babylon and the seven-headed beasts of the carnal beasts and the mind that hates Christ. There's a mind of madness, a religious mind that is anti-Christ, that opposes everything the Spirit of God does in the earth. The days of being tormented by those demons and being stolen from those demons and being constantly harassed by those demons and by those demonized people is coming to an end. Mainly because we've completely and perfectly learned to love our enemies, which is to give these people that are used of demons fresh oil. The reason why they're so nasty and biting at you and so horrible is because they're demon-possessed 
because they've had a hard life. Amen. And those people need the fresh oil. I used to be one of those people too. I used to make fun of Christians in high school. I was horrible to Christians. I was murderous to Christians. I was anti-Christ in every way for years. I was so bitter. I was so nasty. I'd always make fun of my mom's Christianity. I'd call her every swear word in the book. I mean, for years, an anti-Christ. Until God completely destroyed me, pretty much paralyzed me, and introduced me to himself when I was 18 years old. And I realized everything I ever knew in the flesh was a lie from the pit of hell. It's all about the Spirit. God is the Spirit. And we have to learn to know Him in the Spirit by the sacrifice of our brains, getting renewed in our minds. It's not the removing of the brain, it's the renewing of the brain. Transfigured, metamorphosized, Romans 12 too. Amen. How? By putting the Bible into your spirit. By speaking the Bible out of your mouth. By believing the Word. That's what activates your spiritual growth. Jesus Christ is the Word of God, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. Revelation 19, He's the leader of Joel's army. He's the leader of this movement. He's the leader of the drunken glory movement. He is. It's never-ending revival. We just need people to do more drinking, less thinking. We've been in never-ending revival, and it's been expanding for 11 years. And Satan's thrown everything he has against us. Everything. We have faced everything that's in the world. We have faced everything in Revelation. We have faced the, the bottomless pit. We have faced the beast. We have faced the false prophet. We have faced the red dragon. We have faced all the principalities. We have faced everything there is to face. And Christ has defeated it all. He is exalted above all principalities. All we had to do was get that sin of that principality out of us and we share Im immediately with His victory over the realm of the dead over the seven mountains, over the witchcraft of Jezebel, over the pride of Leviathan, over Cain, over Delilah, over all the realm of the dead of Apollyon and Abaddon. All we had to do was get that stuff out of us and we've overcome the world. How? By clinging to Christ, realizing the Messiah is fully in you and He's defeated everything at the cross. All we do is climb Golgotha by giving up everything of ourselves every day. All of our ideas, all of our taking care of ourselves, all of our self-sustainment. How I'm going to take care of me and have a retirement plan? Oh, we got to use wisdom. You need the spirit of wisdom to crucify your brain with Christ. Hallelujah. Your retirement plan, I guarantee it, anything you've done in the wisdom of this world using your brain falls so short of God's plan for your life. You probably should have been a millionaire by now, but you used wisdom. And it wasn't God's wisdom. It was your sense and reason in your unrenewed brain because of your formal education. Being a good steward in the realm of the natural is demonic. <laughs> There's no faith in that whatsoever. That's why these people are so bound up in finances and financial worries. That's the number one thing that keeps Christian immature is idolatry. And is it about money? It's mostly about money. It can also be, I've seen it a lot of times about a spouse. Young people will ruin 10, 20, 30 years of their initial Christianity trying to find a wife or a husband. And just, it's an idol. Anything in the brain that you have to have and I can't live without. Oh my gosh. 
The only thing you have to have and can't live without is the river. And if you come to the river and drink, it'll wash away all the idolatry in your brain, and God can begin to add unto you the promises. So wild how I met Penny. She says I met her in church. I met her at a church picnic. And it was a really glorious story. I'd been in full-time ministry already for two years after graduating Bible college, and I'd been discipling hundreds of girls and hundreds of boys already in Bible college. And I was going back there and ministering to all the juniors and seniors in college before they 86 me from campus for the drunken glory, <laughs> before I exposed Jezebel and the principality that was operating that place. So they kicked me out. Whatever, it's all good. comes with the territory. And we had all kinds of other Bible studies going on at 15 different churches we're working with as inner city missionaries. And so, you know, I was wondering, man, am I going to be like an Apostle Paul and solo my whole life? I was 100% okay with that, like a vow of abstinence. I don't care. I, have, I came to that place where I was so content in Christ 13 years ago that I will live a celibate life, you know, like a Roman Catholic priest if you want me to. And all in. So I'd be the same in discipling boys as girls with no weirdness, no lust. And it's none of this stuff where that gets in the way of actual discipleship. And the main thing that gets in the way of discipleship with young people is immorality. You see it. In Bible college, they say, ring by spring or your money back. And it's true. I watched it. I mean, just hundreds and hundreds of couples getting married every spring. Hallelujah. They just met in the fall. They're married in the spring, moving in. <laughs> Their sophomore year, getting apartments. I watched it for five years in Bible college. Ring by spring or your money back. And, and a lot of it was glorious and a lot of it was lust. So it's a mixture because no one's perfect. And it's amazing how God can bless you in the midst of being a total mess and even being lustful. Because God can work that stuff out later on and it all comes out and you get sanctified together and you live happily ever after and I've seen that many, many times. The issue is you have to come to a place where Christ is your husband and Christ is your wife. Yeah, married to Christ. Oh, he's only your husband. No, you know, yeah, he is my husband. But you have to understand it's a marriage covenant. And there can be no idol, a husband or a wife, or the idea of a future spouse involved in that covenant. You can't add anything under that covenant. You can have nothing except the first love. Now, after you have the first love burnt into your spirit and burnt into your mind, then, because there's no idolatry, there's nothing blocking your first love gate, your spirit gate, your garden of love in your heart, then he can add husbands, wives, children, businesses, ministries, the whole freaking world unto you. And that's what he wants to do. The issue that blocks so many people's prosperity is idolatry. <laughs> and I'd come to that place where it's like, I don't care if I'm celibate forever. And then I met Penny. Amen? <laughs> and I thought at first that she was a Jezebel sent from Satan to destroy me. Because I was so content in being single and I've been discipling girls and I, I want a confirmation that to make sure she wasn't a demonic assignment to destroy my life. So we, call, we planned a Bible study about 11 years ago and we got together to read Psalms. And we, in our first sitting together, we read 50 Psalms out loud, right? Yeah. 50 Psalms out loud in one sitting. 
and she said it felt like lightning for three days and she had to tell the Holy Spirit to back off. She went home, had a dream that night that we were around a table with the kings of the kingdom age and Jesus Christ was at the head of the table and they asked, and Jesus Christ asked us at this table of all these kings and queens of the kingdom age to come sit at his left and sit at his right. She had that dream and she told me that dream and I went into an open vision experience that dream and there were several other confirming signs and wonders including the inner audible voice of God three different times that said, Penny is your wife. It was wild. Total confirmation. And then you think, oh, it's going to be so easy. God said all these audible confirming signs, miracles, and wonders. Listen, the refinement process, the bigger your destiny, the more the refinement. And so you will, you will go through the valley of the shadow of death. King David did. <laughs> I'm sure all of you have. And there is a dark night of the soul. Well, it's dealing with the darkness in the soul. It's true, everyone deals a dark night of the soul because it's the stuff in you that's secret and hidden that's not been brought into the light. The only way you get all the seven demons of Mary Magdalene, which is the bride of Christ, everything that's in the world, the seven mountains in the world, all the idolatry of everything that's in the world out of you is through walking through the valley of the shadow of death because Satan and his demons will come and they'll take everything that belongs to him out of you. And you feel like you're losing yourself, but you're only losing your idols. That's the refiner's fire process. When you walk through the valley of shadow death, the demons come and take what belongs to them. And if you don't give it up, you go into bondage to those demons. That's why most people don't ever amount to anything in Christianity, because they could never overcome their idols. But if you keep walking and trusting that He has something better for you than what you can do yourself in the natural dimension with these demons then all of it gets pulled out of you. That's the sanctification. Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Satan's coming, but he has nothing in me that belongs to him. I'm a pure and spotless lamb. Everything in me is God the Father. That's where we're going. Amen? And it's the best feeling anyway. That's when you're continuously drunk with love. That's when your cup is overflowing in ecstasy. When there's nothing in your spirit or your soul or your mind or your strength that belongs to Satan and his angels in the world. And everything in your spirit, everything in your soul, everything in your mind, and everything in your strength belongs to God the Father. That's where you're going. Sanctification. And that's the place of the inheritance. Acts 20.32, the word of grace builds up your spirit and sanctifies your soul to the word of God in your spirit and it lifts you up above the seven principalities of this world. And it's in that place of having nothing in this world in you that God adds unto you your individual marked before the foundations of the world inheritance. There's an inheritance for every single overcomer. Every single Christian. When you're born again, God put it all together for you and it's the absolute most perfect thing you could ever imagine. It has everything that will fulfill your wildest dreams inside it. The issue is sanctification. Constantly being sanctified. Not getting bitter when the demons and the reptiles are attacking you. When the immorality, the loose woman comes around in Proverbs. You got the loose woman everywhere attacking you. And you just learn how to constantly yield to Christ in you. You say no to Cain. You say no to Leviathan, you're not going to get prideful about your abilities, about your gifts, about your calling, about your destiny. 
You could be the Apostle Paul. It, I mean, it doesn't matter who you think you are. It, it matters who Christ is in you. And yes, your inheritance will be revealed in front of everyone. But I tell you what, you'll be so humble because of what you've gone through to be sanctified that you'll help every single one of your brothers and sisters also be sanctified to also get their inheritance. Amen. <laughs> That's the manifestation of sonship where you've learned to operate in perfect love towards everyone and you can see God's plan for everyone's life and you know what words you need to speak into their hearts to build them up and sanctify them so they also can have an inheritance in the glory realm. <laughs> you want the ultimate life for everyone, the Zoe life, the king's lifestyle. You don't want anything bad, no rocks, no snakes for anyone. I don't care if these people have hurt you. I know it hurts. I've been hurt a lot too. But you have to learn how to love your enemies because the enemies are the ones that are so hurt they're allowed to have Satan in them. So there's some souls here and some hearts that are so wounded that they harbor demons. Those are the people you want to pray for because when you pray for the people that are so wounded in their souls that they're manifesting demons on you all the time, you need to pray for those people the most because your prayers are pouring out oil on their hearts, oil into their spirit, and oil into their brains, and it removes the snakes so they will stop biting at you. That's why Jesus Christ said, pray for your enemies. It's not so they can just keep beating you up. It's so you, they can stop beating you up in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is not masochism. Jesus did not enjoy the cross. Jesus is not a masochist. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Jesus is a hedonist. You need to understand, the Garden of Eden is perfect hedonism. You're created to live in the pleasures of God, in the torrents of pleasure. All this beat yourself up is religion, it's demons. You need to feel good in the glory. Amen. You need to be in ecstasy. Every angel is in ecstasy. Every saint in the cloud of witnesses is in ecstasy. And we're praying on earth as it is in heaven. So every saint of the Holy Ghost has to be sanctified to live in ecstasy. The enemies of your ecstasy are chiefly religion. Being something in the brain because I got some information and I, I listened to a book and I listened to this preacher and I listened to all this stuff. You have to guard your mind more than ever. You have no idea how many false prophets are out here right now. <laughs> and they, of course, they all accuse me. But I speak out of my belly. I speak out of the river. You'll know them by their fruit. If that word doesn't make it feel like you just drank horse tranquilizer and just smoked some good weed, that ain't a word from God. Every word that comes from God is laced with Holy Ghost fentanyl. It will knock you out. You'll feel good. You'll, feel, you'll start laughing. It'll be like wine and ecstasy. You've heard of vodka. This is vodka. You've heard of Wisconsin Everclear. This is crystal clear. Revelation 22. It's the hardest drink in the universe. It makes Everclear look like nothing. This is the crystal clear living waters that sparkle. That's the hardest stuff God has that will knock you out that will knock the demon out of you, that will knock the sickness and disease and poverty out of you, that will completely transform your brain to agree with the throne of God and the Lamb in your belly, to begin experiencing the Word, to begin having the promises fulfilled in your life as the idolatry melts on the crystal clear. The crystal 
clear, living waters that sparkle. Your brain needs to be sparkling by drinking the river. If it's not, you're in idolatry all the time. Our problem is we don't drink enough and we think too much. You're, no one gets saved by thinking. Not a single person ever got saved by thinking and understanding what the preacher was saying. You get saved by experiencing God's Spirit. The human brain can't comprehend the Spirit. That's what the Bible says. The brain cannot comprehend the Spirit. You have to drink the Spirit and it transforms your brain. And by the Spirit inside your brain, you understand the Spirit because you're possessed by the Holy Spirit. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. You're a temple of the Spirit, and the Spirit is the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel, and might and knowledge in the fear of the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord completely lights up your inner man to know Him. But no unrenewed brain can ever get a breakthrough by information. That's satanic sorcery. That's what Jezebel offers. Sorcery information in the brain. The false prophet puts do, good and good and bad, knowledge of good, white and black tongues, checkerboard Freemason words right on your brain. They don't even know they're practicing sorcery. Anytime you operate out of the brain, you're practicing sorcery. The helmet of salvation will reject those words. And when, they, when the demons in these false prophets and everyone that operates out of their carnal mind, usually just immature people. Most prophets that are immature are false prophets just simply because their spirit's not developed and their spirit hasn't come up to take over their brain to renew their brain to speak out of the kingdom dimension and they're speaking out of the natural dimension all of their ideas that they studied in the Bible and you know heard at this prophetic conference or something. But that's still false prophetics. Anytime it comes out of the brain and not the belly of the river of God, if a person doesn't know the Father in them, there's no chance in hell they can be accurate. There's no chance in hell they could ever be accurate telling you the truth. So you need to guard your soul and guard your heart above all things so that you're not entertaining the words of the principalities of this world, which are mostly religious principalities that want to program your spirit with words that have the appearance and knowledge of good like Eve in the garden. The serpent only tempted her with good knowledge. So the main thing the devil's doing to you people is programming your spirit with good knowledge. I watch it every single day. People will thank people for just puking maggots on their brain. That's what it looks like in the spirit. You just got puked on with everything that carnal, unrenewed mind said to you, and you thought it was from God. Now you're completely full of wormwood. People literally thank people for receiving demons in the charismatic church every single day. Even in the best churches. Because even the leaders of the best churches are infants in Christ. That's true. Because we've barely even touched the beginning of practicing righteousness. Of living above the seven mountains. Living fully glorified in, as sons of God. Whose spirit life fills the universe. His spirit life fills the universe. Why? Because that's the potential possibility of the size of your spirit in Christ. You were created like Adam and Eve to fill the whole universe. Adam and Eve, their spirit got locked up inside their belly. And now Satan filled the whole universe. And we've been fighting the stars that fell from heaven called Satan and his angels ever since for 6,000 years. Through wars, atrocities, ethnic cleansing, deceptive false Christianity idolatry, and every evil, wicked thing that's in the world for 6,000 years. And this kind of revelation is going to wake people up 
to realize what we're actually warring against. We're warring against the red dragon, the primal evil, Satan. And how do you get him out? By knowing Christ in you and letting the river cast out the seven demons out of your spirit. Mary Magdalene represents the bride of Christ. We are the members of the bride of Christ. We are the bridal company. And she's wearing combat boots in Song of Solomon. She said no to Jesus for a season. And she got filled with the information of the night watchman. Then Jesus had to come around and do exorcisms on her. Get all the filth of all the information of the sorcerers of religion that filled her during the night season when she said no to Jesus. When she said no to climbing the Spice Mountain, climbing Calvary, climbing Golgotha, going higher in the glory, coming out of the natural into the supernatural, denying her own ability into Christ's ability. We've all done it. We've all rebelled many times after we're born again. And we come to a place of maturity where I'm going to follow him up Mount Zion and completely die to myself to live to Christ. Amen. It's a time of practicing righteousness. It's a time of total crucifixion to this world to live to the kingdom of heaven and to rule and reign the glory realm of the kingdom through the natural realm and take over all flesh that has our inheritance. With what? The love and the grace of God the Father. Not with beating people up with religion. Not with condemning people and hating on people. Putting do's and don'ts on people don't work. But with loving them with rivers of living words and seeing the potential in their hearts and speaking life by the sacrifice of the lambs of our lips. Every word out of our mouth should be a sacrificed lamb. Amen. The blood of the lamb pouring out of our mouths and intoxicating the listeners so that their inner man gets so built up they want to be around real Christians, the kingdom company and the bride of Christ, and our numbers will multiply because this is what you're created to live in. The living word is our paradise. The sacrificial word with the blood of the lamb, with the new wine dripping on it. The wine drip bread, the fresh bread, the steaming hot flesh of Jesus Christ that everyone eats and starts in an ecstasy like they just drank horse tranquilizers. Amen? <laughs> I'm feeling it right now, too. I'm drooling a little bit. Hallelujah. So it's a season of getting completely whacked out of our minds on the goodness of God and lifting our whole souls by the word of grace above the principalities of this world and experiencing tremendous peace and prosperity. In the name of Jesus Christ. So in the Red Letter Ministries, magnify this ministry. If you're getting blessed by this ministry, there's no doubt that the Holy Spirit wants you to support this ministry. We live in, a, in the ghetto. We could, we'd like to upgrade our facility. We have, we have a lot of needs here. We're taking care of a lot of people. We're doing a lot of stuff all over the planet, hitting 195 nations, thousands and thousands and thousands of people getting hit every week. Support this ministry. Be a part of this ministry. As you sow into this ministry, you also get the power and authority from this ministry. It's not just giving money to a cause. It's giving your heart to the glory of God. Where your money is, there your heart will be also. You want your heart involved in this kingdom company. Donate at redletterman.com and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Glory.